powerful is the Cox Network. So powerful that one day, the internet will let your doctor perform miracles from thousands of miles away. Connecting to remote operating room. Giving a whole new meaning to the term house call. Operation complete. The Cox Network. With gig speeds everywhere. It's internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, bringing us closer. In Cox serviceable areas, speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms apply. Other restrictions may apply. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. Viator is a website and app where you can book travel experiences like hiking Mount Kilimanjaro in Tanzania or enjoying the views while cruising on a catamaran in the Caribbean. They offer everything from simple tours to extreme adventures. With over 300,000 bookable experiences in 190 countries, there's something for everyone. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. When you book a travel experience with Viator, there's always flexibility and support with free cancellation, payment options, and 24-7 service. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10, that's V-I-A-T-O-R-10, for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. You're about to experience a life-giving message from Bishop Kevin Foreman, pastor of Harvest Church. One church in global locations. To find out more about Bishop Foreman and Harvest Church, visit our website at www.harvestchurch.church. Your faithful giving is how we continue to bring life-giving messages like these to you. Give online in our mobile app or text the word giving to 59769. Remember to love God, love people, and love life. Amen. Y'all got that thing memorized, huh? Amen. Do me a favor. Do me a favor. I want you to flip to this particular scripture. I want you to flip to this scripture. I want you to go to Colossians chapter 2, verse 15. Colossians chapter 2, verse 15. Colossians 2, verse 15. Colossians 2, verse 15. When you got it, say, I got it. If you're still flipping, say, hold on, Bishop. If you're just going to look on the screens, say, I've been there, Bishop. I need y'all to still make sure you got the app so that you got the Bible. And it's cool if you're still learning scriptures and things like that. That's cool if it takes you a little time. Don't feel bad because you couldn't find it fast. Touch your neighbor and say, no shame in here. You're growing. You're learning, right? You know, right? Now, if you've been here for five years and you still ain't found it, I'm going to need you to speed your growing up. You're going to need to just stay locked to YouTube and locked to the podcast. You ready? I want us to read this together. One, two, ready, read. He disarmed the rulers and authorities. I want you to say it like an army this time. One, two, ready, read. Make this declaration. Say, the devil is already defeated. Say, my enemy has been put to open shame. 
Father, I need you to customize, tailor make this word for us, your people, that we will move and walk in what you have ordained. Father, I decree and declare now, Father, that shackles would fall off of our minds, that scales would fall off of our ears. Speak to us today with clarity. Speak to us with power. It's in Jesus' name. Father, I need the power of the Holy Spirit in this place in a very tangible way such that, Father, this atmosphere is shifted to an atmosphere where anything is possible, where this atmosphere is shifted to a place where anything can happen, where this atmosphere is shifted to where bodies are healed with no hands being laid to this atmosphere is shifted to where debts are canceled by the time people go sit in their car and look at their phones. I need the Holy Ghost present now. Somebody say, Lord, only you can do it. Be seated in the presence of the Lord. I want to talk for a few moments about the real truth about the devil. Say the real truth about the devil. We're in a series called Taboo Topics, which is something taboo is something that's typically not talked about. And Sunday we learn that you need God and church. And on Wednesday's message, Millennial Jesus, we learned that even as a young person, 12 years old, church was important to Jesus. So much so that Jesus stayed at the church when his mom and them had left the church and they forgot about him. And it took them a little, about three days journey just to find him. I need to pause for the cause right here. Make sure you're not the type of person that leaves Jesus at church. Make sure you're not the type of person that leaves Jesus in the building. Make sure that the only reason people know you're a Christian ain't because your church says WWJD. Make sure that, watch this, the you that's in here is the you that's out there. Make sure that the you that's in here is the you that's on Bill Street. Y'all not talking to me. Make sure. Now, 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 now watch this, watch this. It was important to Jesus, uh, even as a young person. And today's taboo topic is about who most Christians spend way too much time talking about. The devil. Most Christians, and if you're not a Christian, in a moment you're going to have an opportunity to. You spend the majority of your time talking about somebody you say is defeated. What sense does it make to spend the majority of your time talking about somebody you say is defeated? That's like being in a new relationship and spending all your time with your new boo talking about your old boo. Baby, you got me bent if you're going to spend all of our time talking about what you come from. Could you imagine how ridiculous that would be in a relationship that now they got you and rather than telling you how great you are, they're telling you how great their last one was. But can I tell you the truth? That's what many Christians do is you spend all your time telling your new God about all of The devil is busy. The devil is this shut up talking about who you used to be with. Y'all not talking because let's tell the truth. You used to have a relationship with the devil. What you mean? If he said jump, you jump. He said move, you move. He said go back it up, you backed it up. He said twerk it, you twerked it. He said smoke this, you smoke that. But I'm so glad that I was able to drop the old one. And is anybody glad that you ain't running with the devil no more? Anybody glad you ain't doing... See, you need to understand that the moment you decide to stop walking with the enemy, that now you become opposition. I rebuke every spirit in this atmosphere contrary to me. You instantly, you instantly now will face him because y'all are going opposite direction. When you're walking with the enemy, he ain't going to mess with you. This is why some of you are like, it seemed like before I believed in Jesus, things were easier. They weren't easier, you just weren't a threat. They weren't easier, you just weren't about nothing. And since you weren't about nothing, the devil's like, let that prosper, let them do well. He says, I'm not going to oppose them because they're not a threat to me. But the moment you said, Jesus, I do, the enemy was like, wait a minute, you ain't with me no more? 
We ain't going steady no more. Most Christians spend their time telling Jesus about how great the devil is. The devil is doing this. The devil attacked this. The devil did that. The devil did this. The devil, but God. Just think about it from a relationship standpoint. Married couples, imagine that you're married and they're telling you about their last spouse. Well, my last spouse used to take me out to eat on Fridays. You don't seem to do nothing. I said, listen, well, you got two last spouses because we're done. Be encouraged. <laughs> Keep God first. Bye. You don't throw another man up in my face and think, uh, some of y'all need to check some of the folk you're sitting next to now. I dare you sit up and throw somebody else in my face. If it was so good, go back to that. Watch me. The mainstream concept. Listen, why is this taboo? Because the mainstream concept of the devil isn't biblically accurate. I'm going to say it again. The mainstream concept of the devil isn't biblically accurate. And we've given credit to an enemy that isn't due. So here's what I got to do today. I got to expand how you see God. I got to reduce how you see the devil. Here's point number one. The devil isn't all powerful. I'm going to say it again. The devil isn't all powerful. The notion, look at me, 915. There's this notion that there's this battle between God and Satan. And look at me, that isn't in the Bible. Instead, that comes from Greek mythology. That's Zeus versus Hades. That's not Bible. Why is that important to understand? Because somehow it pervaded Christianity for the last two millennia. Why, Bishop? Because in the New Testament, you're dealing with a Greco-Roman culture. It is a hybrid, a bastard, if you will, of cultures that are married together. And so whenever cultures married together, they would bring their customs and traditions uh, to one another. And so consequently, even though people knew right to do because they got a new boo, they brought their new boo stuff into the into their belief system. And so their belief system now became a bastard, if you will. It, it had no basis in truth. It had a basis and comfort. Some of y'all today, you've linked up to people who will mess your mind up. You linked up to people that mess your thinking up. You're linked up to people that mess up how you see God. And you better understand it matters who you marry. It matters who you date. It matters who you're friends with. It matters who you call on the phone. Touch somebody say it matters. So they went from knowing that there's one true God to well let's let a few others in. They went from saying, for God I live, for God I die, to, well, they went from being people of honor to being disrespectful deplorables. Are you still here? So check this out. It's pervaded Christianity for two millennia. Now, uh, the reality is, watch this, the devil is not God's enemy. He is our enemy. He is not God's enemy because for God to have an enemy, God would have to have an equal and here's the truth. Let's go further. Many people do not worship Jesus. They worship the devil. What do you mean? Because the majority of what you talk about is the enemy. Most people, not you, you're spiritual, but somebody on your row, they have an idol. What's the idol? Their problems. 99% of their conversations is venting. 99% of their conversations is this ain't right, this is right, this and 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 this. Ooh, it's a lot. And here's what you did. You magnified your mess instead of magnifying the master. 
And so even though he's got power to fix it, he's like, well, since you believe in that more than you believe in me, had at it. Shut your mouth. But I think there's some people at this 915 that say, I just got a light to flick on in my head. I just got a revelation that I can't be talking about my problems more than I talk about the Prince of Peace. And I can't be talking about my sickness more than I talk about my Savior. Somebody say, you are my God. Not my problems. Not my issues. Shout yeah. Satan can only do what he's permitted to do. And when God permits it, God's using it for his glory and for your good. This is deep because you sometimes we get in this thing of where the only time we praise is when we're under pressure. And, and, and here's the danger. God says, I recognize the necessity of an enemy for you because it makes you the best version of your inner me. Now, now I, I need to catch this. Job chapter 1, verse 12. I like Job. Uh, if, you, if you have time to do I've taught on Job a lot. <laughs> I like Job's life. Because the Bible says Job was doing things right. He was an upright man who feared the Lord. And then one day there's this meeting. And Satan comes in the meeting. Okay? So watch this. If Satan was God's enemy, he wouldn't have access to his throne. <laughs> Satan comes amongst them. Hasatan, the adversary. He comes amongst them. And, uh, and, and, and the Lord says to him, this is all before this verse. I'm giving you context. Lead this verse up. And he says to him, he says, um, well, uh, have you considered my, he said, he first asked him, where you been? He said, I've been walking to and fro on the earth. Let's stop right there. That means Satan isn't omnipresent. So you really need to, before you say the devil is messing with you, you really need to consider if you're even that big of a threat to be messed with. Why would he mess with somebody that have faithful? Y'all ain't talking to me. Why would he mess with somebody that have put God first? You ain't no threats. He's not omnipresent, okay? So he says, I've been walking to and fro. So he's not omnipresent. And, uh, and then he goes forth, and the Lord says, have you considered my servant Job? He's like, have you looked at this dude, Job? In other words, he's like, I love Job. I love Job so much I can trust him with trouble. I need you to realize the trouble you've dealt with is, watch this, look at me, is God saying, I can trust you with it. He says, he says, have you considered my servant Job? And, and he says, does Job fear God for nothing? You've put up a hedge of protection around him. Check out what Satan was saying. I can't touch him. Look at me. If Satan was all powerful, he wouldn't need permission. The devil can't so much as walk without getting God to say, do it. He can't so much as breathe without God saying, do it. I need you to get this concept out of your mind that he's this force that's fighting against God. And you got some dude with a long beard over here and some dude with a red suit over here. Touch your neighbor and say, that ain't Bible. So you're consequently in fear of a devil that God is like, are you serious? He's doing what I told him to do, and you're sitting up scared of him, not realizing I'm using him to get the best out of you. I'm using him to get glory out of you. I need us to take five seconds and thank God. Watch this. For every enemy he's used to bring out the best enemy. Go. Thank you for every enemy. Thank you for every. Shout thank you. So watch this. Watch this. So here's, here's what he says. Job 1 and 12. After he says, does the Lord, does Job fear you for nothing? He says, the reason he fears you is because you protect him. I can't mess with him. Touch your neighbor and say, I can't be messed with. Unless God thinks it's good for me. Shut up. I wish you would talk back to me. Touch somebody else and say, I can't be messed with. 
unless God wants to bring out the best in me. So all the stuff you've been mad about, you need to change that frown into a smile and say, thank you. You must be able to trust me. So this is God's response. Job chapter 1 verse 12. And the Lord said to say, behold, everything he's got is in your power. Which means you don't have all power. I'm giving you limited power. Only don't lay a hand on this person. Watch this. So number one, you don't have all power. Number two, you have parameters. <laughs> so Satan went out from the presence of the Lord. Check this out. In other words, number three, you are a pawn to make my people better. I play you to make them better. Shut up. I play you to make them stronger. I play you to make them wiser. I play you so that they learn how to do it without the suckers that they were dependent on in the first place. I play you to learn how to take a bad hand and play it well. I'm playing you because you're a pawn. Somebody say he's a pawn in God's player. He said, he says, he says, one, you don't have all power. Two, <laughs> you have parameters. Three, you're a pawn. It's resistance training. How do you gain muscle, fitness people? What does resistance mean? Heavy. Pressure. Literally, to make new muscle, you have to tear old muscle. I'm going to say it so that this side of the church responds, because y'all didn't say nothing when I was over there. Let me come over here. Literally, to make new, you have to tear up old. Y'all ain't got it either. Come on, middle section, listen. Come on, please, please, middle section. Literally, to make new, you got to tear up what was. I need you to not be mad when God starts tearing up the relationships you used to have. I need you not to be mad when God starts tearing up the folk you used to run with. I need you to not be mad when God tears up the people you used to lean on. Sometimes he needs them to fail you so you'll lean on him. Are you still here? Now, so, so the only all-powerful force is God. There's a word for it. Omnipotent. Omni-all-potent power. Omni, all, potent. Omni, potent. Omni, potent. Hey, hey. Y'all acting like 1115, stop. Isaiah 45.5, I am the Lord. God had to repeatedly tell them who he was because his people forget him. I used to take it personal when people did me dishonorably until I realized, God, they treat you this way. I can't take it personal. I don't have a hell to put them in. You do, and they treat you this way. That's your neighbor say, don't take it personal. When people start acting crazy, we just smile and say, woe unto you. Because when he starts fighting for me, I'm his son, you know. And he's going to move faster you in a minute. Come here. He. I am the Lord, and there is no other. What does it mean? I have no equal. I'm unrivaled. So when you say God versus the devil, you're giving God an equal. When you talk about your problems more than you talk about your God, you're giving God an equal. God says, how dare you sit up and talk about what your kids are doing more than you talk about how I got the power to change it. Maybe your kids are a reflection of you, so I'm using them as a rebuke. I am the Lord, and there is no other. Watch what he says. Beside me, there is no other God. Say no other. Now, Jesus, check that. 
Because God says, here's your problem, Denver. Here's your problem, America. Here's your problem, Roar. You think you got options. You think this is a her song. We got options. Google it. God says, you don't have no options. He says, and the craziest thing y'all could think is that you got an option. He says, besides me, there is no God source. Anybody you can run to, anybody you can pray to. Remember, we looked at the definition of that word God last week. Look what he says. I equip you. Say he equips me. In other words, God says, listen, I got all power, and I'm going to give you what you need to win, which is power. I need you to get this. God says, I got it all. I'm going to give some to you, but don't get it twisted and think that you did it. The only reason you're doing as well as you are is because God says, I gave you some of mine. I, I wish there were some people at 915 that were grateful that God trusted you with power. Today is the day of Pentecost, which is the day when the Holy Spirit filled the people and they got power. I need somebody to holler, power. I got power, baby. Power over my problems. Problem over my issues. Problem. You got power over the devil. You got power over those generational curses. You got power over depression. You got power over issues that try to mess with you. Come here, entrepreneurs. You got power over that business. If they ain't listening, fire them. And don't be scared to do it. God will send you another. Come here, people in relationships. Don't you let nobody hold you hot. Who's going to want you if I don't want you? It's 7 billion people on the planet. And baby, if you can't get it together, I... Who going to play? I will find another. I just looked this direction. Who going to work the camera? I'll buy a camera worker before I tolerate dishonor from a camera worker. Touch your neighbor and say, don't let nobody hold you hostage. So here's point number two. The devil is disarmed and defeated. Disarm. Uh, give me a, go get one of them swords. I got like seven of them. Bring me all my swords. Bring my whole sword collection. Just in case you feel like running up on me. You don't know that? Stop right there. Colossians 2.15. Having disarmed. Say disarmed. Anybody got an alarm system on the house? Anybody got an alarm system on your car? Okay, all right. What other kind of alarm system you got? Your dog alarm system? I've never heard of that. Phone? Phone alarm? Come on. I'm going to put them on the wall. And when people walk in talking about they ain't got something done, <laughs> be like, what the problem is? No, I'm just joking. Come here. Say disarmed. So Adam gives the devil weapons. He gives the devil weapons by disobedience. Your disobedience gives the enemy something to use against you. So he says, God, healing, they don't listen. 
prosperity she don't give. It's a good look. Hold on, hold on, hold on. What's my yoga pose? Is it Warrior One. What's Watch me. Say disarmed. Disarmed literally means that the Lord said to the enemy, you had weapons that you could use against them. You could use where she was born. You could use what he used to do. You could use who he used to sleep with. You could use where he been. But on the cross, I'm going to need that up off you. You're missing it. He says, you have weapons to use against them. He says, you can use what they say. You can use what they do. And it stands when you say it. You can throw their past in their face, their failures in their face. And it stands when you say it. But on the cross, here's what the Lord said. I disarm you. I took your weapons away. Which means you can no longer do anything to them unless than I say so. Tell your neighbor, say, the devil's already defeated. But not only was he disarmed, I love God, because look at what God does. God is such, it, come here, God is so incredible. God is so incredible because you're going to pretend to be Jesus, right? This is cool Jesus. Watch this. He says he made a public spectacle of them. Watch me. He says, hold the weapons up. Public. Put them, put them up high as you can. Public, public. Camera two, pull back. He said, I made it, is, I made it, no, you stand right there. He said, I, I, I made it public. Say public. public. Say it again, say public. public. He says, the weapons you used against them, I'm going to tell their story so they don't have no shame in their story. Woo. I need you not to be ashamed of what you've been through. I need you not to be ashamed to watch this, how you messed up. I need you not to be ashamed of the mistakes you made. Here's what I need you to do. Own it and say, guess what? I told my own story, so I ain't worried about nobody else telling it for me. That's what repentance is all about. I told my own story, so you can't use it against me. I told on me so that you can't tell on me because I told on myself. He says he made a public spectacle of them. Watch this, open shame. And then watch this, he says he triumphed uh, in them over it. Say, now, check this out. Check this out. S say public spectacle. Oh, when they carried him on that cross, everybody watched. Everybody saw him. And he said, I got her infidelity on me. I got his lying on me, Jesus says. He says, I made a public spectacle. So now you cannot use that against them and it work. Watch this. Unless they fall for it. Shut up. I need you to stop falling for what the enemy uses against you and telling you ain't good enough. You ain't going to make it. You messed up too much. Touch your neighbor and say, don't fall for that mess no more. Thank you. Touch somebody else and say, don't fall for that mess no more. So what are his weapons? Revelation 12, 10. And I heard a loud voice in heaven saying, Now the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Christ has come. For the accuser of our brothers has been thrown down who accuses them day and night before God. Here's his weapon. Accusations. What's an accusation? A charge that you did something illegal. What did God say I took from him? I took his weapon. And I made a public spectacle of his accusations. And I put them on the cross. Now, you the fool if you stay locked up for what I took, prayed the price for. What Mr. T, you say? I pity the fool. 
I pity the fool that is walking in guilt and condemnation when God says, I paid for that. I pity the fool that's walking around talking about, I deserve to be like this, I deserve to be like that. You do. But when Jesus hung on that cross, I pity the fool. Touch your neighbor and say, I pity that fool. The proper name for the devil, we're almost there, is Hasatan. Say it with me. H-A, Satan. Ha-Satan. It's a Hebrew word that means the Satan. That's not even his name. It's a title. Just like God is a title. Say the Satan. Here's what that literally means. The accuser. The devil has a specific job to accuse you to God. How does he accuse you to God? He uses what you say and what you do against you. He'll go to God and say, she said nothing works for her. You said that life and death would be in the power of her tongue. He said everything always falls apart for him. So you said that they call things that be not as though they were. They got a negative report and they started repeating it. You said, God, that they have to eat the fruit of their lips. I'm going to use what they say against them in a court of law. That's why God is called our judge. But can I also tell you what he's called? Our counselor. You want to know the other word for counselor? Our attorney. Here's why, watch this. Even when the enemy tries to come against you, it's a fixed fight. Because the lawyer on my side and the judge on my side. I need you to realize God set this thing up and he fixed it for you. So when the enemy comes in with accusations, you can say, you know what? I did everything you said that I did, but I am not who you say that I am. And watch this. I got a good lawyer and the judge on my side. Wink, wink. Say, that's my judge. Say, that's my lawyer. Come on, let's have old-fashioned church. Say, that's my king. I say, that's my ruler. <laughs> Say, that's my Savior. <laughs> say, that's King of Kings. <laughs> and say, Lord of Lords. Stop. So he accuses you to God. And here's the deal. God has to honor his word. Watch me. Which means if you violate the principle, even though the charge shouldn't stick, you get a default judgment. What's the default judgment? It means that you didn't show up, so now we're going to give you the judgment so that your enemy gets, your adversary gets exactly what they want. What do you mean I didn't show up? Because watch this, watch this, watch this. If you are out speaking negative stuff, doing crazy stuff, violating the principles of God's word, then the scripture says, well, then that's what has to be there. So now when you talk about why won't God do something, God says you got a default judgment because you chose not to show up and combat what was brought against you. But then watch this. I got to go further because I'm out of time. Then secondly, he accuses you to yourself so that you disqualify yourself even after God qualified you on the cross. Many people will sit up and talk themselves out of something. I've never met a generation with so much preemptive rejection in it. I've never seen people, I've never seen people, <clears throat> today's modern culture is really amazing because I've never seen people with so much preemptive rejection in it. I quit you before you quit me. I'll half do it because I think I'm not going to be able to keep it. Y'all ain't saying nothing to me, and I promise you, your first mistake was thinking I was most, like most pastors. I've never seen people, I've never seen people, I've never seen people, but watch this. 
you will talk yourself out of something that was literally laid in front of you. Touch your neighbor say, not this time. I need you to realize, watch this, you're good enough. I need you to realize you're blessed. I need you to realize you're favored. I need you to realize you deserve better. I need you to realize you deserve more. Not because of what you've done, but because of what he did 2,000 years ago. I need you to look at somebody and say, more is coming. More is coming. So watch. I got to finish. Which leads me to the third thing. The devil is a detective. Anybody got a badge in here? Not a servant badge. Like a police badge. In Memphis, we had the sheriff, the, the Memphis Police Department. We had everybody in there. I said, this, this is a safe room. <laughs> Watch me. First uh, Peter 5, 8. Watch this. Say he's a detective. A detective's job is to go find clues to make a case. First Peter 5, 8. Be sober-minded. Touch the neighbor and say, stay in your right mind. You tell why most people are not in their right mind. It's because they don't filter what comes into their mind. I can always tell when people are off. They're off because they got somebody that's in their ear. And the sad thing about it is, is you think that's your friend. What you don't understand is that they are simply pulling you away so that they can beat your head. I need you to stop being, oh God, I want to preach it hard, but I don't want to say it because I don't want to offend nobody. Ah, just joking. I need you to stop pretending like you don't know what's going on because you're so thirsty to have people around you. You will bring people around you that will introduce doubt. That will, I don't know why you're going to church. I don't know why you're serving. I don't know why you're doing this. I don't, I don't know why you're going. To, I don't know why you're doing this. Listen, baby, you're going to have to learn to tell some people, shut up. Wait until the eleven fifteen come. I can't wait. You keep losing. What does it mean, sober-minded? Sober. It means I'm in my right mind. It's amazing for me as a pastor, can I be honest with you, to sit back and watch some people and just have to shake my head. I'm S-M-H-O-M-G-I-J-S. And just say, what a sad story of somebody who was on their way up. Watch this, but they dated down. Shut up. They were on their way up. But they friended down. They were on their way up, but they went to lunch down. It's a sad thing to watch. It really is. Sober-minded. Say sober-minded. And be careful of the conversations you have. Careful of the people around you. When you're mad and angry, you need to be careful who you call. Because you're going to mess around and call somebody. Watch this. It's going to feed you. I'm going to show you in the Bible. I'm going to show you. Your adversary. Watch. Who's adversary? Your adversary. He ain't God's. He's ours. He don't like us because we became same and sons and daughters. The most he can ever be is a servant. Okay, watch. The devil prowls around. Somebody say he's a prowler. Watch this. Here's what he does. He prowls around. Prowls around. Anybody got on pink on the front row? Pink? No pink? Are those pink pants? Not really. That's all right. It'll be me. Pink jacket. Come here. Come on, pink jacket. 
Them big old heels. Wait a minute. So look. <laughs> so look. <laughs> I said, walk around this, walk around this, walk around this, walk around this whole thing. But you got to prowl. Come on, come on, come on, get your Now start looking at what you targeted. Ooh, you're going to catch it in a minute. Prowl around. Prowl around. See, the Bible says he walks around studying you to see where your weaknesses are. Studying you to see what pisses you off. Shut up. Studying you to see what makes you cuss. Studying you to see that you really don't like your daddy, but you just like your daddy. Y'all not talking to me. He walks around studying you. Touch your neighbor. Thank you, daughter. Say, he's been studying you. He walks around like a what? Detective. Where the cracks at? Where are the issues at? Where's the fear at? Where the low self-esteem at? Where's the need to be needed at? He walks around studying you. That's what the Bible says. Like a roaring lion. What's the, what's the roar? The roar is when he finds a weakness, he makes a fuss. So when he sees that you get frustrated easily, he, what's this? he makes a fuss at your frustration. So now he's like, let me do what I always got you to do for the last 30 years of your life. Quit. Give up. Throw in the towel. Take your life. Y'all not talking to me. He's been studying you to find out where you're weak. Oh, but I think there's somebody in this place this morning that can say, let the devil that stole, he ain't going to steal no more. Somebody holler, he ain't going to steal no more. He makes a fuss hoping you forfeit. He's like a lion. He's not a lion seeking somebody to devour. Why does it say he's like a lion? Because watch this. When he's studying you, he's going to try to make it seem like your dishonor and disobedience is spiritual. I'm justified in my disobedience. I'm justified in my rebellion. I'm justified. I didn't do what I'm supposed to do, but here's why. Because he acted like he was the Lord, like a lion. What is Jesus? The lion of the tribe of Judah. So he says, I'm going to act like I'm him. And since you ain't got your right mind, you can't even tell I'm not. You can't even tell who's for you and who's against you. Come here, David. Uh, you love those that hate you and you hate those that love you because you ain't got no discernment because you're so messed up with Bathsheba. You can't even see what's going on in the first place. Watch me. He's looking for somebody that doesn't listen. How do lions hunt? They find a pack. They study the pack. They prowl around the pack. And they look for that one calf. Touch your neighbor and say, please don't be that one. Please don't be that one. Please don't be that one. You were that one at 22. You were that one at 32. You were that one at... Please don't be that one today. He looks for the one. Just off over here. And the calf is like, come on, let's go. Let's go, let's go, let's go. Or the mama's like, come on, let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go. And that one calf keeps bearing off. And the lion's like, got you. It's good eating tonight. And as soon as they get them far away from the flock, please stop skipping church. 
Please stop skipping listening to the messages because you think you got it. You don't. Please stop thinking you're too good to take notes in church because you think you got it. Please don't think that way. He says, I'm looking for this one. Then he gets you. And when he isolates you from the pack, when he gets you away from the shepherd, he says, it's good eating tonight. Watch this. Watch the roar. Then he accuses. And he uses what he sees you do and what he hears you say. And it becomes a thought to you. Can I show you in the Bible? Can I show you the Bible? What's this? Luke chapter 22, verse 3. We're out of here. Luke 22, 3. Luke. Dr. Luke. Not the other Luke. Then the Satan entered Judas, surnamed Iscariot, who was numbered among the twelve. Stop! Say entered. It means like eating food, a thought enters your mind. So he sees you over here. So what does he do? He gets your ear. He's like, you know, this don't work, right? You know, um, you don't have to do all of that, right? Notice who he says it to. Somebody that was around Jesus. The people most susceptible to demonic attacks are the ones closest to the source. Let me make it more practical. The people most susceptible to the demonic in church are the ones right around the pastor. And business, right around the executive. And families, right around mom and them. They're most susceptible to the attack because their proximity made them lose perception. So they thought, I'm untouchable because of who I'm next to, not realizing that's what made you a threat in the first place. Y'all not saying nothing to me. He was amongst the twelve. See, when you start getting spiritual, now, that, now, you're, now you're a target. When you start praying, now you're a target. But I need you to not back down. Say, I can't back down. I need you not to, I need you not to bow out. Say, I can't bow out. So look, verse 4, here it is. So what did he do after he hears this voice that's got accusations? Judas was stealing from Jesus, and Judas was fearful that Jesus was going to find out about it. So what does he start telling Judas in his ear? God's going to find out what you're doing. And when he finds out, he's going to get rid of you. What did that fuel? Judas' sense of rejection that he had since a little boy. So now he viewed, watch this, every male authority figure through the lenses of what he experienced as a child. Y'all not talking to me. That's why we got such disorder in America today. It's because childhoods are being worked out in adulthood. Woo, but let me introduce you to who you are. You are the interruption to the dysfunction in your bloodline. You are the curse breaker in your bloodline. Somebody said, that's who I am. So what does it make him do? Verse 4, this is how the enemy works. So verse 4, he went his way. Did the devil make him do it? No. What did the devil do? He roared. He threw an accusation out. What did it make Judas do? He went his way. What does that mean? He stopped doing it God's way. Come here, 915. He stopped doing what he was taught. He stops doing what he's taught, and then look what he does. He confers with the chief priest. After he stops doing what he's taught, watch this. He goes to somebody that will co-sign on him not doing what he's taught. He'll give us somebody that will co-sign on not following the word. It's too quiet in here. 
You get to somebody that will co-sign on it. You're right. You're right. You know you're wrong. You're dead wrong. He confers with the chief priests and captains how he might betray them to them. Then he steals. Did he do anything other than, watch this, introduce an accusation? He did nothing. See, the devil's a detective. He needs you to mess it up yourself. He can't do it. Somebody say, he can't do it. And here's our shout. Our shout is found in this verse, 1 John 3, 8. For this reason, the latter part of the verse, for this reason, say this reason, the Son of God, say that's Jesus, appeared to destroy the works of the devil. What are you trying to tell me, Bishop? You need to tell him that ain't going to work this time. You need to tell him that ain't going to happen this time. You got me to mess up last year, but that was then and this is now. That ain't going to work this time. I just need to check the room and see if there's anybody that now that you know the truth, you're mad about it now. Is there anybody in this room that now that you know the truth, you're like, enemy, it ain't going to work? Shout, it ain't going to work? This time. Say, not this time. Say, not this time. Now give God a praise in this atmosphere. Ain't gonna work this time. Ain't gonna work this time. Ain't gonna work this time. And I'm out of time. Well, I pray that today's life-giving message has spoken life into your life. I'm Bishop Foreman, pastor of Harvest Church. And at this time, I want to extend an opportunity to you to give your life to Jesus Christ. You know, 2,000 years ago, God stepped in a body. That body was called Jesus. That body got on a cross and died for our sins. Now, sins are things that we do that don't please God. And they ultimately don't please God because they ultimately are very harmful and dangerous to us. Not only did he die for our sins, he died so we could have life and life more abundantly. Here's what that means. That not only do we experience God's best, but that we can speak life into other people and use our lives to change the lives of other people. And today, if you need to become a Christian for the first time, the Bible says if you believe in your heart, confess with your mouth, you will be saved or born again or become a Christian. All those phrases mean the same thing. And if today you were far from God, this is your opportunity to reconnect to God. I love him because uh, he's not the God of a second chance. The truth is, is we've all used our second chance already. He's the God of another chance. He offers us constant new beginnings and fresh starts to get things right for him. He gave his life for us so that we could give our lives for him. So today, if you need to become a Christian or recommit yourself to Jesus right there where you're at, I don't care where you're listening to this message, I want you to say this with me. Say, Father... In the name of Jesus, thank you for dying in my place. Because of this belief and because of this confession, if this is my first time praying this, I am now a Christian. If I was far from you, I am reconnected to you. Great days are here for me. Today is the beginning of the rest of my life. In Jesus' name. Amen. Listen, if you prayed that prayer for the first time, you are now a Christian. You're born again. You're saved from yourself. And if you were far from God, you're reconnected to God. And here's what I want you to do. Take out your mobile phone and text the word decision to the phone number 59769. And when you do, I'm going to send you a message right away that's going to show you how to make Christianity your lifestyle and not just a hobby. And here's what I want to encourage you to do. You are connected to me and connected to Harvest Church for a reason. It's because this is the place God wants to speak life into your life. This is the place God wants you to grow and become a strong Christian and, and serve and change the lives of other people. So stay connected, whether it's at a physical campus or a digital campus, stay connected to Harvest Church. Keep receiving this word and let it speak life into your life. Hope you have a phenomenal day. Hey, congratulations.
Experiences are what people love the most about travel. That's why they love Viator. They have over 300,000 bookable experiences and something for everyone. Plus, their travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. Viator is a website and app where you can book travel experiences like hiking Mount Kilimanjaro in Tanzania or enjoying the views while cruising on a catamaran in the Caribbean. They offer everything from simple tours to extreme adventures. With over 300,000 bookable experiences in 190 countries, there's something for everyone. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. When you book a travel experience with Viator, there's always flexibility and support with free cancellation, payment options, and 24-7 service. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10. That's V-I-A-T-O-R-10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator.